Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak of my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me for anything in my name, I will do it. Well, March 1912, uh, Captain Lawrence Oates left the tent where his friends, his team had been huddled against the Antarctic blizzard. This morning was cold. For them, I'm pretty sure it was quite a bit colder. Um, Lawrence Oates was, you might know the story, part of that ill-fated, tragic polar expedition led by Scott in January of that year. They'd eventually made it, after so many hardships, they'd made it to the pole, only to realize that they'd been beaten to it. And then as they trudged back, they ran out of supplies and suffering from cold, from frostbite, from even gangrene, uh, Captain Oates realized that he was holding his team back, and so he went out of the tent saying those um, famous words, I'm just going outside. I may be sometime. Good, strong, stiff upper lip sort of stuff. Um, he went out to his death, and, and eventually... Um, Years later, when people came back to sort of recover the bodies, find out what happened, they put up a little memorial near to where the tent was with these words. They said, here died a very gallant gentleman, Captain L.E.G. Oates. In March 1912, returning from the pole, he walked willingly to his death in a blizzard to try and say, to try to save his comrades. 
I mean, it's one of those stories that's kind of heroic and inspiring. It's, it's, it's really stirring and, and extraordinary. But at the same time, he didn't save them. He couldn't save them. He went out, but all he achieved was to leave maybe a kind of heroic legacy. A heroic example. And it might be that at the start of a new year, okay, sure, we're not caught in a blizzard in, in a tent in the Antarctic, but it might be that in the cold of another winter, we might feel and we might fear that Jesus is a bit like Captain Oates. We might feel to, to, to ourselves that, that what I've heard about him over Christmas or what I've heard about him over my life, well, it's great. He leaves this heroic, this stirring, this inspiring example. But as I turn and face this new year, let's be honest, he feels a bit distant. He can't help me. He's apart from me. And this bit of the Bible that we're going to be working through today, but also in the weeks to come, speak precisely into that feeling. Speak directly into that fear. In, 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 in these chapters, Jesus tells his disciples, and John records Jesus speaking to his disciples so that we can hear those words ourselves. As Jesus said, look, he's going. Um, if you just look, uh, just glance up from where we where, what we've heard read in John 14, um, John 31 onwards, Jesus is saying that he's heading off. He's describing what's going to happen in this second half of the book of John. He's saying he's going to go. He, he, he describes um, the events that are going to come in chapters 18, 19, 20, and 21 as Jesus goes to his death, his resurrection, and his return to the Father. And in these next chapters, 14, 15, and 16, Jesus prepares his disciples and he speaks to us of living when he's not around. Jesus speaks to them because what he's just said, glance up to, to 36, sorry, um, 1336, on that page, 1086, glance up to 1336, Peter, Simon Peter, one of his disciples said, well, well Jesus, where are you going? And Jesus answers him, speaks to him, speaks to us, with Jesus gone, he says, look at verse 14, verse 1, he says, don't be troubled, don't be troubled. He knew that we would feel troubled. We would have that feeling, almost as if Jesus is nothing more than a Captain Oates, leaving us with nothing more than a heroic example. Jesus speaks that to his disciples. John records these words for us today because we can feel that same sense of absence and distance. Yeah, because if Jesus just leaves me with nothing more than a heroic example, that is not enough for me to rest my life upon. Because as I go into this new year, I look around me and I see my friends, but I don't see Jesus. As I look around me or look ahead, I see my worries, sure, but I don't see Jesus. Or I see my mocks coming up. Or I see an unhappy home, but I don't see Jesus. 
or other things might shine more brightly. Maybe not hard things, maybe great things. I see the possibility of a promotion. I see plans I have for moving to a new house. I see all these things, hard or good, but I don't see Jesus. How do we live with Jesus gone? How do we live when we don't see him? And so over the next few weeks, John speaks, sorry, uh, um, Jesus speaks these words to his disciples. And John writes these words for us today to know how to live with him gone. And this week, Jesus said to his disciples then, and he says to us today, when I'm gone, know that I will bring you home. When I'm gone, know that I will bring you home. So look to me to see that way home. Look to see, look to me to see that home. So take a look at um, uh, chapter 14, how it begins. In 1 to 4, Jesus makes that promise, that, 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 that promise that kind of is over this whole section, verses 1 to 4. Jesus says, I will bring you home. So verse 1, he said, look, don't let your hearts be troubled. Instead, believe, trust me, because verses 2 to 4, if we jump on to the next slide, because verses 2 to 4, my going is good news because I am going to bring you home. So verse 2, he says, so don't be troubled. Why? Verse 2, in my house are many, in my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I, I, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? I am going to prepare a place for you with my Father. And then in verse 3 and 4, I'm going to prepare that place, and I'm coming back to take you there. I go and prepare a place for you, and I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am you may also be. As, as, as Jesus looks ahead to that going, when he describes his going here in chapter, in chapter 14, at the start of chapter 14, he's looking ahead to the events of the rest of John's gospel. As we said, his death and his resurrection and his attention and his return to his father. You know, as his death gives us access to the Father, as his resurrection and ascension is Jesus going to his Father to receive from his Father his kingdom. Jesus is saying, look, I'm going. I'm going to receive my kingdom so that I can come and share that kingdom with you. So Jesus says, don't be troubled. If you don't see me, be certain. Don't doubt. If you don't see me, don't doubt. Don't be discouraged. My absence is not something to be discouraged about. But instead, be encouraged, be certain, because I am gone in order to bring you home. A few years after um, Scott and Oates in 1912, in uh, 1914 and 15, Ernest Shackleton led another expedition down to the Antarctic. The Brits didn't have a great record down there in Antarctic because this one again, they arrived in the Antarctic Sea and no sooner had they arrived but their ship got trapped in ice, it got crushed in the ice and so the men had to escape uh, five days in a rowing boat onto uh, an island, rocky outcrop on the edge of Antarctica called Elephant Island and after weeks there they suddenly realized there was no hope of being rescued, no hope of anybody passing by and so 
Ernest Shackleton and five others, as you can see in the photo there, they took an open-topped rowing boat. In a rowing boat, Shackleton and five men, they left all the other crew on Elephant Island. They rowed 15 days in the Antarctic Sea through hurricane-force winds. When they finally reached an island, they'd landed on the wrong side of the island, had to cross a mountain range that no one had ever crossed, 30 miles, until they finally reached a whaling station on the other side. And yet, after that, they did finally return to those men on Elephant Island. After four months trapped on that rocky outcrop, those men were rescued, and not a single life was lost. It's an extraordinary tale. Captain Oates set off. He set off. He left the, his men in that tent. He set off bravely. He set off maybe um, heroically, a, a, an inspiring example as he left. But Shackleton set off. He set off to come back and to save and to bring his men home. And there's a photo of them arriving back on Elephant Island to rescue the men. We fear that Jesus is like Captain Oates. But Jesus is saying he is so much more like Ernest Shackleton. He's like that, but obviously so much more than Ernest Shackleton. Jesus has gone, but he has gone to bring us safely home. And so when I feel that absence of Jesus, that absence I feel, that maybe even sense of disconnect I feel, that's telling me two things. That's telling me with the, that Jesus is gone, and he's gone to bring me home. If Jesus is gone to bring me home, well, that means that home is not here. But that also means that home is secure. Je Jesus is gone, so our home is with him, which means that home is not here. Oh, but Jesus is gone, which means our home is with him, which means our true home is truly secure. And so that could be a challenge to us if we're looking ahead to this new year. It's a challenge to us if life, as we look ahead to it, feels quite comfortable. Um, I don't see Jesus, but to be honest, that's okay. The things I see, I like enough. I'm pretty popular at school. I see how well I'm doing. I see the stuff I've bought. I've seen the people around me. But if I am choosing the home I see, then I am choosing a, choosing a life that is here. I'm choosing a life that is not the life of Jesus and a life that is not secure. It's a challenge to us if the year ahead looks comfortable, but it's a comfort to us if the year ahead looks challenging. You see, I, I don't see Jesus, but I know my home is not here. What I have here, what I see here are sufferings. What I see here is loneliness. What I see here is uncertainty. But my home isn't here. My home is with Jesus. And that home is secure. Whether 
we're feeling comfortable or whether we're feeling in hard times, Jesus has promised that he has gone to bring us home. That home is not here, but that home is secure. And, and, and to help us believe and to build our lives on this truth, the rest of the passage sort of leans into, kind of leans its weight to really test that that promise can bear the weight of our lives. It kind of leans into both sides of that promise. You know, we could ask ourselves, will Jesus really do it? Will it be really worth it? You know, can I trust Jesus to bring me home? And, and what will that home be that he's offering to me? And so in verses um, 5 to 7, as it continues, Jesus, it's almost as if we, we, we test the weight of, of that promise of Jesus because Jesus calls his disciples, he calls us to look to him, to trust him, to say, yes, he can bear the weight of our lives because he will bring us home. Jesus says, look to me for the way. Look to me and you will see the way. I will do it, Jesus says. Because at the end of verse 4, um, Jesus says, look, you know the way I'm going, and you know the way to where, to, to where I'm going. And Thomas, at the start of verse 5, we get this question. Thomas goes, well, <clears throat> sorry, excuse me, that's the whole problem. We don't. Thomas says, um, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? This is amazing to hear about this home with the Father. How can I get there? My home... Fine, my home isn't here, but where is it? That home might be secure, but is it secure for me? How can it be for me? And so Jesus responds in verse 6, Look to me, listen to me, believe in me. I am the way to the Father. I am the only way to the Father because I am the truth of the Father. I share that life of the Father. And so in those beautiful, famous words of verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so in verse 7, he continues, the reason I said in verse 4 that you know the way is because, in verse 7, because you know me. I will bring you home. So look to me to see the way. We've already um, mentioned the way New Year's resolutions can be a kind of, you know, we, we, we take this start of the new year to um, chart a course, a new way through the year. Chart our way through the year. I was chatting with some friends. It seems like uh, Michael Mosley and Just One Thing has a lot to answer for. The New Year's with some friends, there was more conversation about cold milled flax seeds than I was expecting. Apparently, they're the way forward for this year. I was talking to another friend who is this year, he's planning to do a marathon in two hours and 30 minutes. I was thinking I might aim to do park run in two hours. <laughs> and 30 minutes if I get off the couch. But, you know, whatever our New Year's resolutions might be, I remember, I think it's not actually the, the uh, habits we form, the ideas we have, the principles we seek to live by in this, in this year to come. The Januarys that really changed me 
were the two Januaries when our kids were born. So both kids born in January, it's a, it's a strong start to the year. Um, but in those, that January, it's not the kind of resolutions that we have or the principles we might have. It's those two new little people entering our lives. And I'm sure you also, you know, we, we feel this in different contexts. You know, whatever plans you have, once you have a new housemate or a new flatmate, those plans might go out the window. Whatever the protocols might be at work, if you get a new team leader, in a sense, nothing's changed, but in a sense, everything has changed. It's not about the aims or the habits or the idea. It's about those people that shape that way, that course through our year. And so too with Jesus. Jesus is saying, here is, he is the person who is the way, because he is the truth. He is the life. He's not calling us to an idea or a routine or a habit. He doesn't leave us an example. He doesn't inspire us to new resolutions. He calls us to himself. And I guess we know that. We have that sense that the biggest impact, the thing that will have the biggest impact on us this year won't be the ideas or resolutions I have now. They will be the people that we encounter along the way. And so I guess the question for all of us this year, the question for all of us is not, will I entrust my life to someone in the year ahead? It's not, will I entrust my life to someone? The question is, Who will I entrust my life to? Who will I be entrusting my life to this year? Who will it be? Will it be me? Will it be those around me? Or will it be Jesus? All of us, all of us build our lives on on ourselves, on others. Jesus calls us to build our lives on him. The question of who do I look to to chart my way through the year? Well, who do I look to for the truth? Who do I look to for life? Me? Those around me? Jesus says he is the way. In him is the truth I can trust. In him is the life I need. Jesus is that truth of God. He is life from God. So Jesus is the only way to God. So look to me, says Jesus. Look to me and see the way. Jesus said, I will bring you home. And, and, and Thomas's question there at the start of verse 5, it, it, it leans into that, tries to test the strength of it. Thomas says, show, show me the way. Uh, how can I get there? And Jesus says, through me, I am the way. And, and, and now Philip, in verse 8, well, he asks another question. He, and, and, and he sort of tests the strength of the other thing that Jesus said. If Thomas asks, how can I get there? Philip asks, well, what am I going to find when I get there? Thomas asked, show us the way. Philip asks in verse 8, well, show us the Father. If I'm not going to be troubled, if I am going to believe, well, then show me the Father. Show me where you're going. Show me where you will bring me. Show me my home. It's one thing to know the route, but if I'm going to stay on track, I need to know where it is that I'm heading. So uh, Philip asks in verse 8, show me the Father, and Jesus answers, 
Look to me. Look to me to see your home. Verse 9, he, he answers Philip and, and, and he says, look, well, 9 to 11, that, that, that first little bit, that first paragraph is his response. He says, look, actually you have seen the Father. I have shown you the Father in what I have said to you. You have seen the Father as I do his works. So verse 9, tra- just track this with me. Verse 9, he says, um, just uh, at, in the middle of it, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. If you've seen me... You've seen the Father. Because, verse 10, because my words are his works. So he says this, um, verse 10, I am in the Father, the Father is in me. The words that I say to you, I do not do on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Just spot that for a moment, because we'll need to remember this in just, in just a minute's time. Jesus says, the words I speak are the works of my Father. The words I speak are not my own, but it's the Father working through me. So, verse 11, Jesus says, when you see the Father's work in me, that is, when you hear the Father's words from me, then you are seeing, you are hearing the fact that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, that perfect unity that we share together. And so look to me, listen to me. My words are the Father's work. Look to me, listen to me, see and hear in me your home. But even more than this, as he gets into verse 12 and onwards, he said, you've seen the Father as you've seen my work. But now in verses, in verses 12 on to 14, he says, you will see the Father as I continue to work through you, my disciples. Uh, Jesus has shown us the Father through his words, and now he continues to make the Father known as he passes those words on through his disciples. Let's just... Let's just follow that thread because it's, it's worth tracing through the thread from verse 10 to the end of the passage. So in verse 10, the words of Jesus are the works of the Father. And so in verse 11, on account of those works, we can believe that Jesus is in the Father and the Father is in him. And so verse 12, those who believe in Jesus join in the work of Jesus. That is, they join in with sharing in the work of sharing his word. And actually, it's extraordinary in verse 12. It says, as more believe, as more share in the work of sharing Jesus' words, well then, the work of Jesus' followers will have an even greater reach than the preaching of Jesus himself. That's what verse 12 means. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And the greater works than these he will do because I am going to the Father. The greater works of the believer is the greater spread of Jesus' words as his people share in his work of sharing his words. Not just in the one place where Jesus was while he was on earth. 
but over the whole world over which Jesus now rules, now that he is reigning in heaven. And that's the promise. That's the promise that Jesus gives in verses 13 to 14 as we finish. That's the promise Jesus gives. Um, You asked, show me the Father, Philip, in verse 8. You asked, show me the Father. Well, Jesus says, if you believe in me, if you ask in my name, in other words, then I will answer that prayer. You will see the Father in me. As you come to the Father through me, you will see more of the Father in me. That's the promise of verse 13 and 14. When he says, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. (laughs) That promise is, is not that there are some kind of magic words to get what we want. No, the promise is that those who believe in Jesus, in verse 12, well, they will share the heart of Jesus, in verses 13 to 14, as they come through Jesus to the Father in prayer. You see, as we come to the Father through Jesus, we will see more of the Father in Jesus, so that the Father might be glorified in him. Jesus has shown us the Father through his words. And Jesus continues to show us the Father as his disciples pass those words on. Those who hear the words of Jesus, those who believe the words of Jesus, those who come to the Father through Jesus will see ever more of the Father in Jesus. And so Jesus calls us, his disciples, to to listen to those words, to share those words, so that as we believe, as others believe, we might see more and more of the Father in Jesus. As we hear the words of Jesus in the Bible, as we believe the words of Jesus in the Bible, we are being shown the Father. We are being given a glimpse of our heavenly home. Jesus said, I will bring you home. We can trust him. Look to me to see your way. I will do it. And we can see our home. Look to me to see your home. And so when we feel that absence of Jesus in the week or the weeks ahead, Jesus said then, Jesus said today, Whatever the weeks ahead may hold, do not be troubled. Jesus hasn't left us with an inspiring example. Jesus has left us to bring us safely home. So let's look to Jesus. Let's look only to Jesus as the one in whom we can place our trust, as the one in whom there is the home in which we can hope. Let's look to him this week and in the year and the years ahead. Let's pray. Jesus said, let not your hearts be troubled. Father God, whatever else we see 
in uh, the week ahead or the weeks ahead. Whatever else kind of looms large in our vision in this year ahead. Father God, please um, lift our sights. Thank you for this promise that the Lord Jesus has gone to bring us home. Thank you for the certainty that he will do it. Thank you that we can see in him the truth of our home with you. Father God, please keep us listening to those words. Keep us sharing those words so that we might trust the Lord Jesus. You might be glorified in him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.